Welcome to the Modern Woodworkers Association, a podcast about woodworking from folk who woodwork. Woodworking is what we do, who we are, and what we like to talk about. So join us as we have a drink, sit around, and talk woodworking. Today we've got Freddie Roman with us for uh, five additional questions. Freddie has been lucky enough to have been uh, badgered by us before, so he gets the second batch uh, and so, Freddie, we're going to jump right into it. Uh, what was the first woodworking project you built? My first woodworking project I built at the age of eight or nine years old was some step stools made out of pine and painted green from paints I found behind a garage. <laughs> um, helping out or by your own intuition, you just said, hey, we need some stools. Um, I had. I was given a, a, a tool chest for kids with very sharp tools that I was way too young for. <laughs> and in there, there was a booklet, and one of the projects was a stool. And my dad brought me some pine from the local lumberyard, and I hacked it all up. I'm sure he was around to make sure I didn't cut anything off and make things straighter than what I was able to. And we just nailed those bad boys together. Excellent. Excellent. What was the last woodworking project you built? The last woodworking project. Okay. Uh, I, <laughs> it's a trick I question. Built, yeah. I built a um, live edge coffee table to see how hard it really was and to make it much more complex than what I usually see out there in the world. So I added my flair of banding and inlay, but also made things a little quirky and in the shape with one leg taller than the other and, you know, <laughs> arcs and shapes of the legs and with dominoes. And I really, I really wanted to make it like a period piece of furniture with embellishments and overly built construction. And that's what I, and the, the base was tiger maple and the top was, um, was walnut. Now, l- let me ask you for, for listeners, where's the easiest place for them to find that table? Uh, it's it's in a gallery right now, which I've never photographed or anything. I've only taken rough pictures on Instagram. I'm gonna look it up. Yeah, because right, we'll that sounds. We can do to embed that. Awesome. Yeah, and I hope it 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 came out to your liking. It actually did. It's quite beautiful, and um, I saw it today, and I was saying to myself, I need to actually take a photo of this properly because it came out so nice. There you go, and now you know you can do that. Yes. <laughs> So how messy is your shop right now? Uh, I, w- I won't say it's messy. It's crowded uh, <laughs> because I restricted myself into a one-car garage main shop space to see if I can be able to work in such a, a size. And I do have a spare room for storage and upholstery in a library. But I one-car o- one garage, slightly oversized, is what I'm working out of. And uh, thank God for tall ceilings. And um, I sweep regularly, and dust is the enemy because I do a lot of finishing. So I really do keep it clean, but it is very crowded. Yeah, I work as a, in a one car garage also, and mm-hmm. I don't make. I make a fraction of what you make and restore, and you know my shop. As much as busy as it is, it's quiet compared to your shop. Yes. So, <laughs> Um, first of all, my hat goes off to you in doing what you do in that kind of space. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but how do you finish in it? Does that just bring everything to a halt while you're finishing? It must. Well, I, I do have a wall in my space. And then on the other side of that wall, I do have an explosive proof fan. And in there, all I do in there is refinish and sharpen. So that area is very clean. Okay. And, and, and uh, there is no dust, really dust issues there. So I take advantage of that. Mm. Okay, that makes that makes sense because I can't when I at least when I, I don't I don't have the luxury of a of a wall and, a, and a, an explosion proof fan. So when I finish, everything comes to a stop, and that's mm-hmm. not the end of the world since I'm a hobbyist. But to do it as production, um, I, I that's well, that's got to allow you to to keep move, things moving. Well, the other thing is, if you spray everything and if you use shellac or use lacquer, it's quick drying. So that's mm-hmm. your advantage there. No, so really, you, you don't have to worry about anything like sticking to it or anything like that. So okay. Um, well, that brings us to our fourth question, which is, what is your go-to finish and why? My go-to finish is shellac, due to everything sticks to shellac, and shellac sticks to everything. So <laughs> uh, it's a really you can spray, you can pat it, you can brush it, um, and it's much easier than everyone thinks it is. And even though it's not 100% durable uh, for alcoholic beverages or anything else, it, it gives you the best clarity that you can imagine. And it really brings out the wood. It doesn't muddy anything. And believe it or not, if you wax it, if you give it a proper French polish, it's much more durable than many people may think. I, too, love shack, shellac, excuse me, and I agree with all of those things. Um, my question to you, though, is are you – do you mix it from flakes, or okay. are you just uh, cutting down commercially available shellac? Due to the chemicals in which you can find in pre-mix uh, shellac, I prefer to mix my own. If you know Don Williams, he offers mm-hmm. a product called Gold Dust, which is pulverized shellac. And I buy as much as I can possibly get my hands on, and every time I see him, even if I don't need it, I buy it from him. Because it is literally the consistency of flour and baking. There is no wait time. You got alcohol. You throw a hockey puck in there. You shake it, and you're ready to go. Hmm. So that I did not realize he made a pulverized shellac. That's fascinating. But when you talk about the the pre-mixed ones and their content, what is it that you don't like about them? Because I don't know what's in them. Well, unfortunately, the chemicals that they're using in them uh, has has a lot of toxicity in them. Okay. And unfortunately, due to VOCs, they've using other chemicals in there, and they have a lot of additives in there. And if you're restoring furniture, the additives affect the shellac prior. Okay, and that makes sense. It, it creates a much more of a headache. If it's new construction, you're perfectly fine. The other thing is I've become a little bit more sensitive to the denatured alcohol and all the chemicals. So I only use grain alcohol or I use alcohol from a company in Tennessee called Benko, which basically they only have – alcohol and a very slight denatured methanol in it and after that it's almost 100 percent pure proof alcohol and um, okay. it breaks down the shellac much quicker it evaporates much quicker and the shellac hardens much quicker mm. gotcha gotcha and that's that's consistent with um i was in with uh with alf at woodworking america this year and mm-hmm. he was talking about French polishing and mm-hmm. talked about the purity of the alcohol makes a big difference in it. So that uh, – Yeah, if you can get moonshine, it's, 
it's it's a way to go. Yeah. Wow, never thought about that. But uh, so th- that brings us to our last question: um, Do you belong to a local woodworking guild or club? Um, I I belong to the professional refinishers group, otherwise known as Group with two O's, is G R O O P. And that group is individuals from all across the United States and even overseas that are professional woodworkers, upholsters, conservators, refinishers, and we're like family. And we have an email correspondence Monday through Friday that uh, any questions you can throw out there, any tips, any information will get shared or answered amongst us all. And if we ever are hungry for work, if anything ever happens and we're starving, Every single one of them will open your doors for you, and you can come in and get work from them. Because of that group that are willing to educate you and share all the information, I'm becoming a better craftsman. I become a better person, and I'm I become a huge, you know, improved finisher because of it. So and that's my main group. Of course, the Society of American Period Furniture Makers, which is also another subgroup. But um, I'm more open to just just period, and they're strictly period. So I'm more. Uh, into uh, just one group right now is the professional refinishers group. That's really cool. I've never actually heard of them. Mm. It's a great, it's a great group, and it's only run by two people. And uh, we're we always have intense meetings, uh, like mid-year conferences, like this year being Manchester, Connecticut, and it's literally three days on finishing, repairing, and and upholstering furniture and all the different modern different techniques that come out there and how to handle certain situations. So it's all about sharing. And it's amazing the amount of information you can get from these group of individuals. It's scary. Wow, sounds like a fantastic event. It's it's an amazing group. I've 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 been so fortunate and so lucky to have such a uh, opportunity to join the group. Oh, very cool. Mm-hmm. All right, well, Freddie, well, thank you for sitting down to this again. I know I kind of accosted you on the show floor at Woodworking America in Kansas City to do the original five questions. So thank you for putting up with us again. No problem. Um, My pleasure. Before we wrap this up, where can people find out more about you online? Um, probably periodcraftsman.com is kind of a portal. It essentially drops my Instagram page and anything that comes up. And then if you follow the other social medias from the website, it'll lead you to my crazy woodworking life. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Thank you very, very much for uh, allowing us to, uh, to have you on the show. Well, thank you, guys. It's been an honor and a pleasure. No, the honor is all ours. Um, (laughs) Sean, where can people find out more about you? Uh, I am uh, uh, at SeanW78 on most social medias. I am. I'm also tired. I'm also uh, at the Corner Workshop. Uh, That's my blog. Uh, How about you, Diami? Well, it's late, so maybe I'm just getting feisty here. But mm-hmm. I don't mean to call you out publicly, but I do mean to call you out publicly. I think you're not allowed to say your blog until you actually post something on it. Yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> fine. Two years and, and, and counting. Um, but you know what? It'll take me a week or so to edit this, so you have time. Get, get it on it. <laughs> I've got Sanders I'm, refin- I'm redoing. <laughs> so write a friggin' post about your Sanders. Um, anyway, I am Diami Plotke of uh, – I'm at Twitters, at Diami Plotke. And while I do have a blog at penultimatewoodshop.com, the fact of the matter is that 
Uh, these days, I am posting everything at modernwoodworkersassociation.com. So if you check there, you'll see show notes from this episode. You'll see my rantings in the on woodworking section. And occasionally, you'll see me still post things in the modern in the penultimate woodshop section. So I encourage everyone to check out modernwoodworkersassociation.com. Indeed. So um, until next time, grab some timber strand, make yourself a Pinewood Derby car, and I'll see you in Massachusetts. <laughs>